0: Welcome to another Tearious Cast. I'm Jim McGregor, and I'm joined today by my colleague, Kevin Crewell. Today, we are just going to discuss the rumor that Intel is considering an acquisition of sci 5 the RISC-V processor architecture pioneer. Now, normally we wouldn't comment on rumors, but Bloomberg has been pretty accurate when it comes to these you know, tech acquisition and merger rumors, primarily because of their relationship with Wall Street. You know, they, they get a little bit more visibility into the financial community than anybody else. So, I mean, let's jump right into it, Kevin. I mean, first off, what's what's really the value here? Is there value to Intel buying another microarchitecture, especially after they've basically shunned off everything? I mean, at one time they were developing their own ARM stuff. And decide just to go all x86 so what's the value to them now with something else
1: so the acquisition is rumored to be for two billion dollars which is a significant acquisition amount and then one thing i would point out is that intel capital is already an investor in sci-fi but also includes qualcomm a bunch of vcs and and such so there's a significant amount of investment in in sci-fi two billion dollar valuation is is not out of out of whack. But while Sci Five is the one of the leading or probably the leading provider of IP in the RISC V camp, Intel's not even a member of the RISC V Foundation or the RISC V International as it's called now. So this is uh, the question would be if they if they acquire Sci Five, they would have to join and would this now become a official architecture for Intel as you know in addition to X eighty six? So there's still a number of questions here. Would they take the Sci-5 group and just put it as part of their foundry strategy and become like a design services part of the the foundry business and add some extra IP to that? Or would Intel integrate Sci-5 into the entire ecosystem of Intel, making RISC-V a first order architecture with x86 within Intel? So, I mean, if the acquisition goes through, there's still uh, other questions to be answered. But this would be for the RISC-V uh, community, this would be huge validation that RISC-V is a competitive architecture that is, you know, recognized by the, you know, one of the, the leading silicon suppliers in the world. So that, that's a huge, uh, I mean, RISC-V has had you know, plenty of, of supporters in the past, but this this would take it to a whole nother level because, I mean, Intel, as you pointed out, has, a, has had and, and dabbled in other architectures. I mean, actually, you know, you go back in history, you've got their original RISC processor, they've got their embedded processors, the MCS48, 8048 products, 8051 products. Intel had a tremendous amount of variety in architectures. Most recently, they had Itanium in the high end, which is now also deprecated in favor of x86 everywhere. But now it would be x86 plus RISC-V if this goes. If this is a real deal.
0: Yeah, and you have to wonder what this would also mean for the RISC-V Foundation. I mean, obviously, you know, they're mostly in microcontrollers today for the most part, but a lot of members in the RISC-V want to move that up to a higher level processing for the data center, for AI processing. Now, Intel, though, as you mentioned, not just having their own MCU architecture, they've also used third-party microcontrollers in the past. matter of fact, they were a heavy user of Arc, especially when they first started with Wi-Fi. And they they've continued to license IP where they needed it on that microcontroller level. But if they get into buying Risk Five, you know they may have something beyond just the microcontroller. So would they try to use the Risk Five architecture to move up the stack, or would they try to keep it down as a microcontroller? It's kind of hard to really kind of hard to figure out.
1: Well, I mean the risks. Well, they wouldn't be buying RISC-V. They're buying Sci-5. So they're, you know. Exactly. So RISC-V is still an ind- independent organization and the, the, the RISC-V International has other IP providers, you know, from Free Stuff to Andes and other core providers as well as Sci-5. But Sci-5 represents kind of the heart of RISC-V because most of the founding members that, that put together the RISC-V architecture and the original consortium are working at sci five so it would be you know virtually a uh, a merger of or you know adding in intel into the risk 5 international and but I, in, intel can't hold back risk 5. risk 5 will is developing i mean sci Five themselves are just released uh, some new high performance cores there is uh, definitely Other companies doing high performance RISC-V cores. One company comes to mind is Esperanto, who wants to do a collection of basically hundreds or now thousands of little cores to do AI processing and data center. So there is a lot of range in RISC-V. Yes, there are a bunch of microcontrollers based on it, uh, deeply embedded microcontrollers, which were what uh, actually NVIDIA themselves have used in-house. That same NVIDIA that's trying to buy ARM so NVIDIA was one of the uh, founding p- members of the RISC-V consortium and the RISC-V international now. And meanwhile, now NVIDIA wants to buy ARM. So obviously the, the, the question that also comes up is, is this an Intel ploy to undermine value of ARM architecture by validating RISC-V as an alternative to ARM?
0: Well, that and the fact that you, know, you mentioned Nvidia using Risk Five cores, they're not the only ones. NXP, Qualcomm, Western Digital—all these companies have been using Risk Five cores for the past couple of years. And Sci-5 as a company, does more Risk Five designs than anybody else. Besides having their own cores that they've come out with based on the Risk Five architecture, they do more design services for other companies around Risk Five than anybody else. So that, that would give Intel not only a hold on, you know, some new cores that they can use, but also some key talent that they could possibly even farm out for other opportunities.
1: That's true. And but the, yeah, the technology behind sci Five is the goal of the company was not just to initially to promote RISC-V, but beyond that, they, they really wanted to be a full design services company uh, and, and they've embraced other IP as well. So that's what I think is interesting about Sci-5 is that they're just not a, a one trick pony, just focused on RISC-V cores. They do integrate other IP and they can put together SOCs based on those other IPs. So that's where as a design services adjunct to the foundry business, I think they can provide some interesting value added for Intel where Intel can approach potential customers and say, hey, we got this design group that could do risc Five cores, and we have our, our manufacturing capability, so we can build your chip for you. So it basically, it could become Intel could provide a turnkey solution to to a potential customer uh, to build custom parts.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and it does seem a bit ironic though that uh, Intel is not part of the Risk Five Foundation, but they are Intel Capital, their investment group, is an investor in Sci Five. And according to the announcement today, Intel is also a Sci-Fi foundry partner. So obviously, Intel already knows the architecture.
1: Yeah, Sci-Fi provided uh, supporting quotes when Intel announced that they were doing the foundry business. So they were amongst the the companies that supported this, the idea of Intel getting to the foundry business. So th- there's definitely an interesting uh, relationship between the two companies, which could blossom into a full-blown acquisition. And so. That's why that's what makes this Bloomberg report so reasonable, and and that this would happen. So it's it definitely makes makes sense in many ways that this would would work, even though you think the founding members of an open source instruction set, which is really comes the antithesis of x86, which is a closed source instruction set limited to just basically two companies except if you but three if you count via Centaur. so the, uh, from a philosophical point of view they're they're a diametrically opposite ends of the spectrum for them to come together will probably blow some people's minds in that regard but from a business point of view if you look at it from a, a design services and foundry business and all that this is where it all makes sense
0: you know i would agree with you i i think from a standpoint of having a micro architecture a very flexible microarchitecture, I should say CPU architecture, because it could be scalable, uh, would make sense for Intel. I think a lot of this makes business sense, all the way around. So it, I guess, it doesn't. When you start digging into it, doesn't really surprise me that you know Intel might be looking at this. Plus, Intel has a new CEO with Pat Gelsinger, who's very aggressive, looking at new business models, being very aggressive on the foundry side. It wouldn't surprise me to see something like this from. Uh, Mr. Gelsinger to say, you know, we, we really need to open up the kimono and really be aggressive and, and think differently as a company going forward. Kind of think he's already kind of put that stamp on the company.
1: Yeah, no, he has. Uh, and I think if he looks at it from the, 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 the geek squad point of view, as he likes to call Intel the geek squad, you know, what's going on in, in with RISC-V is very geeky. and uh, It's kind of interesting. And this is an opportunity for Intel to break free from legacy. RISC-V has no legacy. Uh, there's, they, they are maintaining backwards compatibility. They are maintaining a, uh, a structure to their the instruction set development. It's not it's not splintering in all different directions. They're trying to hold it, you know, re, a core of it at least together. But there is extensibility to it, and that flexibility is what I'm sure the foundry business needs, and and what foundry customers will want. So x86 being very structured, locked down, doesn't fill all the needs of the marketplace, and this gives Intel a completely different way of approaching the marketplace. And certainly, you know, Intel has done scaled down cores, old cores, basically for embedded applications, deeply embedded applications, and 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 those all were deprecated. Those didn't turn out to be a, a real success in the marketplace. So this gives Intel a fresh start. And and historically, Intel wasn't all about just x86. As I mentioned earlier, they had a plethora of architectures in different market segments. And they didn't try to jam x86 into everything. Uh, That didn't didn't come to later. And this gives Intel an opportunity to really kind of reopen their, their mind in terms of architecture development and i that's why i think it's it's a fantastic opportunity for both intel and also uh sci5 and risc 5 to work together and that's i'm that's why i'm actually really excited if this deal does turn out to be a real opportunity for for intel and and and, and sci5
0: well there you have it i think uh, both of us are very positive on this deal if uh, if it does come to fruition so i don't know what else to say on that.
1: <laughs> well, so so let's look at it from a perspective of ARM. It, does this have an impact on ARM? And right now, anything to do with ARM also relates to the Intel, oh, sorry, NVIDIA acquisition of ARM. So is this a bonus for Pat Gelsinger at the same time validating RISC-V for his own use and for expanding the foundry business? At the same time, he can kind of subtly undermine ARM by offering an alternative architecture to ARM?
0: I think so. Definitely, as you mentioned earlier, that just having Intel as part of this RISC-V international foundation gives a huge shot in the arm to not only the foundation, but also to the architecture. And Intel, if they chose to, could also dedicate a huge amount of resources and IP to that architecture. That has yet to be seen. But obviously, Intel is not foreign to contributing to open standards, you know, whether it was especially on the interconnect side when you look at Wi-Fi and everything else. So this could be a huge shot in the arm. And I I do think it it is a competitive move as well. I think it's an opportunity to not only combine that I think, areas where Intel's facing some competition now from ARM for the first time, but also to actually attack ARM where Intel's really never had a competitive threat, and that's on that uh, microcontroller side and the embedded side.
1: Yeah, and one other thing that Intel can bring to the party is if Intel does deeply embrace RISC-V, um, Intel can bring a tremendous amount of software expertise and relationship with Linux and such, they could bring that to the RISC-V architecture. And that would also be a way of of moving the ecosystem of RISC-V further ahead.
0: Not to mention having a preferred foundry that's very familiar with the architecture rather than having to go to TSMC or Samsung.
1: Yeah. I mean, again, that's, that's part of where Intel gets a, a leg up in the foundry business by having this design services, plus also, you know, this the another architecture to, to bring to market.
0: Okay. With that, I think it brings us to a wrap of another Tyrius guest. Please remember that Tyrius Research is a market research and advisory firm that provides custom research and advice to the entire high-tech ecosystem from sensors to the cloud. This includes custom market sizing, product and co- company competitive analysis, m evaluations, product and corporate strategic planning, and marketing strategies.
1: If you would like more information about Tyrius Research or inquire about our services, please contact us directly. I'm Kevin at Tyrius Research. That's T-I-R-I-A-S research.com. Jim is Jim at Tyrius Research.com. And then we also have Francis, who's not on the podcast today, uh, at Tyrius Research. Uh, once again, it's T-I-R-I-A-S research. You can also visit our website, www.tieristresearch.com, and then please keep up with us on social media. The corporate account is at Tierist Research. I am at Creewell for me. And then uh, Jim is at Tech Strategist, that's T E K Strategist. And then uh, F Sideco, F S I D E C O for Francis.
0: Also, look for our articles and podcasts in Forbes. EE e. Times, ECT News, and Microelectronics in Taiwan, if you read Mandarin Chinese. In addition, we also have white papers posted on our website and a link to our newsletter, which you can also subscribe to if you'd like to have it sent directly to you by email. The newsletter comes out usually roughly monthly and covers topics we've covered in articles, research, and white papers.
1: You can find this and other Curious casts on SoundCloud, Spotify, and also iTunes. Just search for Curious Research, So thank you for joining us today. If you have any feedback on this Tyria cast or recommendations for future Tyrias casts, please contact us directly. And then I'll relate again. Once again, I'm Kevin at Tyrias Research, Jim at Tyrias Research, or Francis at tyriasresearch.com. Thank you for joining us today and have a great day.